T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. In the air, left field side. Gordon is back. Gordon has no play. It rings off the wall. Garcia is home. Here comes Abreu. James McCann strikes again on a two-run double. And the Sox have the first lead tonight. Jason Benetti on the call right there on WGN-TV, I believe. As the Sox of the Royals last night. And our next guest with a big two-out hit. And uh, he joins us now. Coming up on the Alpamani Ford Hotline. Alpamani Ford, 500 new and used vehicles to choose from. James McCann joins us uh, live from Kansas City, and we appreciate it very much, uh, James, taking some time before a game today. Good morning, James. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? We're, we're doing great, and uh, it's been fun watching your team. It's been fun watching you and the uh, the way that you've gone about your business this year uh, a lot of people talking about your batting average. I'm sure you're very proud of what you've been able to deliver offensively. But uh, knowing every catcher that I've known over the last uh, 40 years covering the game, the number one uh, job is uh, helping those ca- uh, pitchers pitch on a daily basis. How, how much do you? Uh, how much pride do you take in, in what goes on there pitching-wise on a daily basis? Yeah, so uh, honestly, that, that's that's exactly where I pride my game uh, the most. Uh, you know, I learned at a, at a young age catching that uh, offensively there's a lot of things that you can't control. You know, you can square up four balls and be 0 for 4 and have nothing to show for it. Uh, but on a day-in and day-out basis, you can always control the way that you handle, handle yourself behind the plate, um, whether it's, you know, controlling the game or receiving or blocking or throwing. Um, that's all stuff that they can't take days off. Uh, whereas, you know, we all know that that a, a Hall of Famer fails seven out of ten times, and there's going to be days off for everybody at the plate. And uh, James, the the team itself too, uh, very similarly. You have hot streaks, you have cold streaks. You guys had a great home stand, uh, and and it's been a seesaw battle as you know, a very young team, uh, an up and coming team. As you guys flirt with that 500 mark, flirt with second place, trying to make a, make your way up in the standings. How is it inside the clubhouse there when you talk about your teammates and, and looking at the big picture in terms of uh, the season and, and long-term season goals? Well, the the first thing that, that uh, you know you need to remind everyone is is that no one shows up here expecting to lose. Everyone shows up expecting to win on a day-in and day-out basis. Uh, but the nature of the game is, is, is that's not going to happen. Even uh, the team that wins the World Series isn't going to show up and, and, and win on a day, daily basis. Um, so it's all about how you bounce back from those those wins, or from those losses, excuse me. And uh, with a young team, it's it's easy to allow, you know, one bad game to to snowball into two bad games, to snowball into three bad games. And next thing you know, you have a bad losing streak. Um, and that's really been the big thing is taking each day for what it is, each game for for what it is, and and not allowing uh, you know one game to turn into two games, or or you know even on a, on a smaller scale, uh, you know one bad at bat turning into two bad at bats. When you uh, look at a, a start like last night with Nova and you see him come out by manager choice and the bullpen doesn't work, it, it doesn't work out. 
Uh, even for a veteran pitcher like Nova, who is a, uh, seems to be a terrific individual as far as clubhouse stuff goes and as a teammate, uh, do you still have to talk to him and, and kind of make him feel better about the fact that he pitched a good ball game even though it didn't work out? Yeah, um, you know, that's the, the hardest thing for for any position, uh, whether it's pitcher or hitter, is, uh, you know, when when you can you have to be able to step away from from the game and say, hey, the, the numbers on paper don't look very good, uh, but I did my job and I did everything that I that I could and it, and you know it, it just didn't didn't go the way that that I wanted, um, you know and that's that's what happened with Nova last night. He I thought he threw the ball uh, you know very well, uh, and even with the, the the inning where he got pulled and uh, the runs that we gave up, uh, he gave us a chance to win. He kept us in the game and uh, you know unfortunately our offense just couldn't come through with. Uh, with enough runs. This hour brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. James McCann, our guest, the White Sox catcher here on Inside the Clubhouse. Uh, and James, this is your first year, of course, with the White Sox. Come over as a free agent in the off season after uh, the previous what seven seasons in Detroit. Um, how how has that uh, transition been? Your your first really changeover since you had been with the Tigers organization that entire time. Uh, the new experience for you, I mean, on the field stuff's obviously looking great. Uh, off the field, how has that uh, been for you and your family? It's gone extremely well. Um, you know, like you said, uh, the only organization that I had known since I was drafted was uh, was Detroit. Uh, so coming over and, um, you know, obviously uh, new teammates, new coaching staff, but also new uh, new new you know, staff around the clubhouse, um, as far as, you know, clubhouse people and security people and, uh, just so many different, uh, different aspects that, you know, you take for granted when you're with one team for so long. Uh, but honestly, it's, it's been a very smooth transition. The city of Chicago is great. Uh, my family, my wife and my kids, we, we love the city. Um, we're, we're living right in, right downtown and, uh, we, we've had a lot of fun. James, uh, you look at the Lucas Giolito story, and you go from statistically one of the worst pitchers in baseball last year as far as walks, ERA, uh, not not only that, but from an emotional side. You watch a young man who uh, is frustrated during his starts and takes it out on water coolers and himself, and then you you see a composed pitcher who's on track to be uh, one of the top pitchers in the American League this year. How does that happen? How does that transition happen uh, from one year to the next? Well, I, I think the the first thing is you, you have to give him a lot of credit for uh, you know looking in the mirror and saying you know something's got to change. Uh, and he made he made some very you know I, want, I don't want to say huge changes, but they they in in reality end up being big changes for him. Um, you know, mechanically made a couple of adjustments, mm-hmm. but uh, for me, the big adjustment is the mental approach. Um, you know, I had the ability to to talk to him during spring training a little bit about what opponents saw from him, uh, having faced him in previous years, but just being able to sit down with him and and reminding him how good his stuff is, and and not uh, allowing, not you know, not giving the hitters too much credit, which is a tough thing to do when when you're struggling, and it seems like no matter what you do. Uh, you know, it, it's not going your way, um, and that's something he's done so so well this year is uh, really coming to the understanding that my stuff is so good that it doesn't matter who's in the box, and it doesn't matter if I just gave up a, a three-run homer, if I just struck out the side. It, each batter is a, a new batter, and I have to, to take it for what it is. James, it looks like he's accomplished the part of it's just me and the catcher, and I'm going out there and just having some fun because. It's it's loose. I mean, 
He's picked up velocity when he needs it. Uh, just just the, uh, the attitude that you see and that you've already talked about uh, is out there. And, and when you talk about the mental side of the game, uh, as reporters now, we're, we're more prone to ask about uh, you know the mental aspect and the mental skills departments of baseball teams, and 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 players are more willing to answer that than the, more now than they ever have. Yeah, um, you know it, it's uh, it's really something that that wasn't talked about. Um, even you know when I was a kid, you never really heard, you know heard people talking about the mental side. You, you just knew it was you know a tough game mentally. Uh, but baseball is like no other sport in in that sense of. Uh, just the mental, what, what it takes from a mental side to be able to succeed at, at the highest level, um, and especially in today's world, uh, you know, with social media and every time you turn on the TV, someone's got something negative to say. It, it's it's uh, it's very easy to allow, uh, you know, the 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 naysayers to get in your head and and mess with that that confidence and mess with that that mental approach, and uh, you know, something that that he's done so well. I I, I visualize. Uh, Andy Pettit back in the day, mm-hmm. he'd always uh, have his hat curved, and it looked like he couldn't. See. It was almost like blinders that you put on a horse, and he all you you just saw his tunnel vision from from the mound to the catcher, and it didn't matter who's in the box, it didn't matter who's on base, it didn't matter who's in the stands. It was just him and, and the catcher on that field, and that's exactly what what you said as far as Geo's got going on right now is. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, who's in the box. It doesn't matter who's on base, and it doesn't matter what the score is. He's 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 locked in, and he's got that tunnel vision right now. James McCann, our guest, the White Sox catcher here on Inside the Clubhouse. A few more minutes. Uh, Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito here with you. Uh, and James, one thing we definitely know from our, uh, unfortunately, many too many decades of, of covering this game is, you know, Don Cooper is great at that. And, and we've seen him mold uh, pitching staffs over the years and mold individual pitchers and really help them with exactly what you're talking about. You know, the mental part of the game, along with the, you know, whether it's uh, stuff adjustments or mechanics or whatever, how has your relationship and how is how is working with uh, Coop been for you here in year one? You know, I've I've really enjoyed working with Coop. Um, you're exactly right with the, what he brings to the table as far as uh, the, the mental side and helping guys uh, with it, with that kind of stuff. But but Coop is uh, is is very well known around baseball for a good reason. He he knows what he's doing. He works very well with the pitchers. And um, you know, something that's, that that I've really enjoyed watching is. Uh, you know how unique he is with each individual. Um, it, it's not cookie cutter. Each individual, he's got something different to say, something different uh, to help that guy, and and uh, he really cares. He he's uh, he's not a one of those those guys that's just you know here collecting a paycheck and and going through the emotions. He he truly cares uh, about each individual. He cares about their success on the field and and what they have going on off the field. I know you don't care what the the Cubs do. I know you guys want to beat them badly when you face them, but they picked up one of the truly uh, outstanding uh, bullpen guys of the last uh, 10 years and Craig Kimbrell uh, yesterday. What is it like uh, standing in the box against him? What what do hitters have to uh, attempt to do when you face a, a Craig Kimbrell at his best? Well, he's... Uh... I mean, he's he's one of the best closers in in the game. Um, it's it's really unfortunate that it took this long for for him to to land with the team. But uh, you know that that aside, um, he's he's one of those guys that uh, you, you want to try and get early. You know, he's got such good stuff. You don't you don't want to let him get ahead. You don't want to fall behind him because he he's got something to put you away with. And uh, you know, he's he's one of those guys that 
that, that's had success for an extended period of time for a reason. He's he's an elite closer. Do you think closers being funky uh, like he is, is that a distraction to major league hitter at all, or is that just them feeling good about them? You know, I, I think uh, I think you can allow it to be a distraction, but uh, at the end of the day, um, I, I think it's probably just something that that makes makes him tick. Um, you know, there's you, you, we, we joke you, you you know to be able to play this game, you got to have some kind of crazy uh, in you. To to be able to to close out a major league baseball game, you got to have a, a a lot of crazy in you. Um, you you have to think about things a little bit differently because uh, no matter. No matter how you put it, the last three outs are, are the toughest three outs to get, and uh, the guy that's given that task, they they have to have that 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 something special inside of them to to be able to to undergo that task as many times as someone like Craig Kimbrell has. Last thing for you, James, and we appreciate your time. You you talked about that it's a shame that it's taken him this long to land with the team. How much were the you know the two guys specifically uh, Keuchel and Kimbrell that were were out for so long? How much of that is a point of conversation within clubhouses that hey these guys you know didn't get uh, signed until you know just now? Yeah, it's it's most definitely a, a point of conversation. Um, you know, as a as a team, as as a players association, you know, we want the best talent on the field, and, and those two guys are are some of the best talent in in the world. Uh, so the fact that they missed the first two months and you know, two months plus, really, uh, you know, and who knows how long before they're they're able to get back on the on a major league field, um, you know, it's not ideal. It's not uh, it's not the situation that 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 uh, that we want as players. And um, you know, the the Braves and the Cubs got got two heck of uh, two two guys that that are really going to help them down the stretch. And I know there's uh, 28 other teams in baseball that, that could have used those guys. So, like I said, it's uh, as players, it, it is frustrating to see some of the, the best talent uh, not not getting jobs until you know June. James, uh, Mike, and I appreciate your time. We're, we're enjoying watching you uh, help lead that pitching staff, and we hope it leads to an all-star selection for you and, and more wins for the White Sox. Have a great uh, rest of the week. We'll see you when you get home next week, okay? All right, sounds good. Thanks for having All me right, on. Thanks. James McCann of the White Sox on Inside the Clubhouse. And uh, interesting to hear. I, I figured that's kind of why I wanted to ask about that, too, because, and this goes to the, uh, you know, the whole new collective bargaining agreement that uh, hopefully they come up with before, uh, you know, any labor issues come to pass. But this is something that you heard it in spring training when it was an issue, and, and it, you know, as soon as the draft happened, I mean, you, and you knew it was going to happen. It's by It's by the current rules, but... It's a system that certainly is flawed. More to come on White Sox Cubs. Expect to talk to Brandon Kinsler of the Cubs. Your calls always at 312-644-6767 when we come back. It's inside the clubhouse. Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito, in for Speaks today here on The Score. 10:23 here on Inside the Clubhouse, 6:70 the score with Bruce Levine and Mike Esposito. Mike, uh, every week uh, I get the uh, texts and you know some things on Twitter saying you talk too much White Sox, you talk too much Cubs. It's my favorite part it's of almost, the show. It's almost uh, you know, and <laughs> I think the, the the beautiful part is is that people continue to listen, which we really appreciate. Yep. And the fact that uh, there's still that dislike for the other team mm-hmm. where they don't want to listen about that uh, club. You know, I think you see it with the Yankees and Mets a little bit, maybe not as much Los Angeles with the Dodgers and the angels, because some of California really lacks passion, but there's no passion lost here with white nope. Sox and Cubs fans. And as the 
first series between the two couple games coming up here at Wrigley Field, I think uh, around the 18th. Uh, you know, that kind of kind of builds up a little bit over in that area. Absolutely. And and Cubs fans, we want to hear from you, too, at 312-644-6767. How much uh, does the Craig Kimbrell signing solve in your mind uh, for the Cubs? What do you, else are you looking for uh, from and, Theo and, and company? And we'll tell you some of the names coming Absolutely. up. Uh, 312-644-6767, as I mentioned, is the number. Let's get out to the phones. Uh, some people who want to react to what they just heard. From James McCann, we start with Carson and Palatine here on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, Carson. Guys. Carson. You know, I have I just checked in and I heard all the elderly men talk about they've watched the Chicago White Sox for 150 years. I don't know how that's possible, but they did. Oh, they they had uh, the TV way back in uh, yeah, about 1940. Yeah, the said 70 years. Now, I, I worked for the organization in the 80s. Um, I saw my first Sox game when there was this guy, Mickey Mantle. My first game was 63, and I can remember it like yesterday. I was up in the mezzanine, and he walked out in those two snaps where he knocks the dirt off his spikes, and he steps in left-handed. And I think that day there was two ropes to the outfield. Just bang, bang. And I saw him the following year. Um, I had a uh, my godfather virtually was a Yankee fan, so I'm an out of towner. I I'm not in the blood feud um, that is Chicago, right? You know, uh, South Side, North Side. I have I lived in the North Side suburban up uh, to the '80s. Worked in Reinsdorf's organization. It was a real estate company. I was a corporate type guy. Um, Reinsdorf was a joy to be around. Um, he he was such a diehard guy. Ironically, he was a Brooklyn Dodger fan. Um, and he wanted to buy the Cubs, by the way, before he bought the Sox, because he was a National League fan. Right. But that's ancient history. Now, in terms of the 70 years, now, my firsthand experience, what about the 90s? When the Atlanta Braves were the only team that won more games in the '90s, and guess what? They only won one World Series. Yep. Well, thank you for your call, and appreciate you uh, giving us some history on it. Uh, fact remains: I think if you talk to Jerry Reinsdorf, Mike, he'll tell you that he's not satisfied with the record no. over these years, and nor should he be, or the fan base, because. Uh, you, you want to be able to get to the playoffs more. Has he tried? Has he attempted? Yeah. Uh, they, they have thrown money at it. Uh, the minor league system uh, kind of not, not functioning all that well over the last 15 or 20 years uh, to that perspective. So piecing it together, they're trying a different way. And that way is a rebuild, uh, getting other people's good young players, uh, also drafting higher, having a better shot at developing better young players. So let's see how that works out. And I know every time we talk to Rick or Kenny, they always mention, you know, as, as Jerry gets on there in age, he wants to win again. He wants this team well, to be I, a, I mean, a you know, winning when team again. When you're 83 and you, you make a commitment to your front office, go ahead and do a rebuild, yeah. that's a big statement. Absolutely. Okay, so so I, I've known Jerry for a long time. The one thing, whether he's good or bad or whether the franchise has been good or bad, uh, that's for you to decide. I can tell you the guy wants to win every day and that he's really passionate about it. Next up is Don in LaGrange Park. He joins us in Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, Don. 
Good morning, guys. Morning. Uh, question about the Cubs and the recent uh, amateur draft. I know they took a lot of heat for drafting a guy who was ranked 120th or whatever by the pundits with their first-round pick. But then uh, five rounds later, they draft the guy that's considered or was considered the best high school catcher available. And it seems as though they underpaid or paid under slot for the first-round pick, which gave them money left over to overpay later in the draft. My question is, how much contact are the teams allowed to have with players or agents before they draft them so they have a sense going in whether or not they're signable? Well, the, the answer is that they have a lot, and, and, uh, and they're able to talk to these kids. Um, more importantly, sometimes they're able to talk to the coaches, mm-hmm. uh, the parents, and uh, get a feel for what the makeup is for the individual uh, you know, what their thoughts are on a high school kid like the catcher that he's talking about that will likely sign with the Cubs that um, uh, instead will play Major League Baseball. Uh, what, where, where is his passion? Where do the parents, what do they want him to do? Uh, those are, are deciding factors for these area scouts, which everybody in baseball would tell you that the most important scout in uh, the game of baseball is the area scout, the guy that deals with, uh, you know, your like for Chicago area, Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, there is an area scout that for the Cubs and White Sox that covers those areas. All the coaches from high school, he knows the college guys. He knows uh, people in those areas that support uh, amateur baseball. Uh, Those guys are the most essential guys to get you that input and information before you dis- you attempt to make a draft. Absolutely. And the other thing, too, that I, I did read about uh, the Ryan Jensen pick is that Theo and Theo actually said this and McLeod kind of alluded to this a little bit is that, you know, there were a lot of position player guys that the Cubs were interested in that were taken just ahead of them. So maybe this was a guy that they were high and, and you know, the rankings thing I get the different services have them, you know, ranked in different areas, but Hey, if this was a guy that they felt was the next best guy on their board and yeah, maybe it went into a little strategic planning on the money part, but uh, sure. there also was that position player thing too, that they sure. said, yeah, I mean, you know, I think the point you make is a good one, Mike. Um, you don't always get who you're looking to, to uh, sign. You, it's the best player that falls through for you in that slot. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, when, when the Cubs got uh, Chris Bryant, you know, Mark Appel was uh, the 1-1 one, one overall. He was picked by Houston. But if he had fallen to the Cubs there, they would have picked him over they Bryant as well. Him. Yep. Uh, you know, that's... Uh, you know that's known. So, so some of it is luck, and some of it is preparation for the guys that that show up. Bottom of the hour, brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Nothing beats championship hockey, and your Chicago Wolves are battling the Charlotte Checkers in Game Five of the AHL Calder Cup Finals tonight at seven at Allstate Arena. Be there live or watch on the YouTube. Visit ChicagoWolves.com for playoff information. That's always the fascinating thing. I read a, a, a piece. I believe it was Keith Law who wrote it. Uh, uh, kind of a. Uh, Real time, you know, how the the Angels wound up with Mike Trout uh, in the 20s uh, in that draft when it came out. Interesting stuff. And exactly as you said, you know, the area scout was in love with him. And then you have to pass it through all the various levels of the, you know, the player development and the the scouting organization. Um, It's it's a fascinating thing. Uh, We hope to be joined by Brandon Kinsler in a second here. Uh, He is getting ready 
Uh, we will uh, hopefully have him on the line as we do right now. Brandon joins us on the Alpamani Ford hotline. Alpamani Ford, 500 new and used vehicles to choose from. Brandon Kinsler of the Chicago Cubs, nice enough to take some time out on a Saturday morning to join us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Brandon. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? We're, we're doing great. You know, uh, we, you know, us who cover the team have learned to enjoy uh, some of the fun that you have with the with the game and the, your sense of humor. So uh, it's been nice getting to know you over the last uh, year since you showed up and, and kind of the fun that you bring to the game. What what have you learned about this team uh, over the, the months that you've been with the team and the, the quality and the the type of individuals you have on the ball club? Well, I've learned that these guys are, one, when it's time to play, they're very professional, but they love to just have fun. They don't throughout the day you know it can be a lot of anxiety can build up just thinking about a game or you know obviously there's a lot of stress playing for the Cubs I would think but these guys just you know take it like it's another day they've been there done that and it's pretty impressive for how young of a group it is but you know very tight-knit group and you know they just it's almost like they're playing Little League half the time. A lot of uh, hullabaloo about the uh, Kimbrel signing certainly the fan base is very excited about it and it's another big piece for you guys back there in that bullpen what what has been the reaction in the clubhouse and then amongst the uh, the relief pitching staff? I think the the clubhouse was fired up. Anytime you get a something like someone like Kimbrel shows that one the front office thinks you're legit, which I think we are a legit team, and obviously it was a piece that we needed. And I mean, I think we're all there for we're all there for one reason. That's to get a ring. Some of these guys have had a ring. I've been playing for a while and haven't even come close. So the fact that you know, you can almost like you can get a sense that hopefully we'll be chasing down October. It's, just, it's really exciting. The relievers are excited, man. Kimbrel's an awesome guy. He brings tons of experience, and uh, hopefully, he's willing to have fun with us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Brandon Kinsler joining us and inside the clubhouse for a few more minutes. Uh, Brandon, uh, as far as the bullpen, I think you guys have a lot to be proud of. The fact that Epstein uh, talked about yesterday, the fact that. Because of the performance of the team, uh, because of how hard they fought to get to this point and be in first place, uh, he was able to sell Tom Ricketts, and he believed in this team that uh, they should go out and spend that extra money. So from the perspective of what the bullpen has done as far as piecing it together to this point, I'm sure you guys take a lot of pride in that. Yeah, there's tons of guys that have been around for a while that, Obviously, we've done many different jobs. Many of us have been closers. Many of us have been set-up guys or, you know, long relievers evenly. But uh, I think you just really got to realize and the way Joe runs it, you're just out-getters and you can't worry about roles or you got to put all egos aside. And I think that's what this group has done well and just be ready for any situation to call upon. Otherwise, you know, you're gonna it's going to be a tough situation if you're not mentally ready. So I think this group has learned real quick the – to just be ready just to be an outgetter, and you got to take pride in that because it's not an easy thing to do and i think it's something i had to adjust to last year obviously i didn't adjust very well but um i knew coming into this year something i need to be very open-minded and prepared for well and and we've talked about too relief pitching and and pitching in general but relief pitching specifically and you know the randomness of baseball and how you know one mechanical adjustment or one mental adjustment or you know you know, tweaking things, how much of a, of a big, big difference that can make from season to season for you guys? Yeah, it's almost day to day, really. Some days you're just like, you don't even know how to throw the ball and you lose it. Um, but definitely season, I mean, it's just the way uh, bullpens are ran these days. They're not, 
the old school mentality anymore of running out seven, eight, nine inning guys. It's, you know, they want to piece everything together because of the analytics. And mm-hmm. you just got to, as a lot of guys of us were older and either got to adjust or you're not going to be around very much. So I think a lot of us realize that you just got to adjust on the fly. And if you're not open, my C-Shack said it's something he had to adjust to when he first got here. So I'd really try to pick his brain on that situation. And, uh, it's helped out a lot. Yeah, he's a great guy to to look at for for teammates as well as for uh, people like myself in the media and and yourself. There's a lot of people we can talk to in the media that have been through the wars. Uh, you know, I think the one thing I took away from Cshek uh, last year is he said I said I don't look at the numbers. I don't care about the numbers. All I care about is that we're trying to win a game and that they have faith in me to put put me out there another day. And I think. From Madden's standpoint, now that you've been under his tutelage for the last, you know, uh, you know, X amount of months in your career, you probably see that there is no doghouse when it comes to Joe. No, well, I always felt like I was in the doghouse last year. That's my own fault. But uh, but he kept using no, you, I mean, you know, when team, when it worked out or not. Right. This team's trying to win every day, and Joe's trying to do everything he can to win the game or keep it close and. Obviously, you can't run every single guy out there every day. At some point, your name is going to be called upon in a situation you probably didn't expect. And uh, C-Shack said, you know, sometimes he was in the fourth inning last year. Or sometimes he was in the ninth. It was just he had to be ready for anything because you just never know what's going to happen. Joe's trying to win that game. He doesn't care what the situation is. If you know, if he wants to get a big out in the fourth inning, he's going to go to his guy. So you just got to be ready. And that's just the way the game's changed. Back in the day, the guy would never – you know, managers wouldn't go to their seventh, eighth inning guys that early. But these days, sometimes the game is that situation. So, I mean, it's just the way you got to adjust. How does that change your preparation, Brandon? If you talk about like, you know, five years ago, you would know, hey, I'm going to go in in the eighth or the ninth and that's it. I don't have to worry about it before then. Whereas now, hey, you know what? If they get in a pinch in the fourth, I might have to be ready to go in. Right. I definitely took an adjustment because I wasn't used to it. But now it's just re- sometimes you just realize just be very just relaxed and just chill and whatever happens happens don't think you ever get cut off guard but don't try to build up the anxiety throughout the day of oh my gosh I might be in the fourth or the ninth and don't be set on one situation as long as you're just there open-minded and just paying attention to the game the game kind of tells you what's going to happen and uh, the main thing is never to get cut off guard sometimes physically you might not be ready but if you're mentally ready for the situation then you should be fine the uh challenges of facing the Cardinals and Brewers it's got to be fun for you uh going through that a little bit last year at the end of the year and now this year where the intensity of those games are so strong and the uh the idea that uh, the fan bases are so rabid when it comes to uh those that's got to be fun for you as a player to, to see this and see that that type of intensity and what it means to a fan base on, on a game-to-game basis yeah I mean as players, we always want to play in important games or have adrenaline. And when you get to play the Brewers, you go to Milwaukee. I remember when I was in Milwaukee, my debut was against the Cubs, and it felt like we were in playing at a Cubs home game there. And it was right. both, te- both teams were out of it, and it was pretty intense. And just throughout the years there, the Cubs always took over the side of you know of our stadium. And then you go to the Cardinals fans always took over. It was just never just like, man, I wish I could be on the other side of that one day. And I think it kind of hit when we went to St. Louis last last week, and there's just Cubs fans everywhere, and and it was awesome. Obviously, it didn't work out for us, but it was just awesome to be part of those games, and you always see it on TV. 
and now to be part of that is just, you know, I'll never forget it as far as my career because you don't really get many chances to be part of big rivalries. When uh, when the Brewers uh, beat you guys in Game 163 last year, did that? You think that changes the dynamic of uh, the the rivalry and the way that uh, they look at themselves? More importantly, not not the way that you guys look at yourself, because I know there's extreme confidence, but the the ability to have uh, accomplished that. As far as the Brewers side, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I think uh, you know, obviously being over there for five years, you never really felt like you were part of you know, the top of the division. I mean, we kind of were for a little bit in 2014, then, and then we didn't pull it off very well. So right. you just being a, the Brewers pulling that off showed that, you know, they're here to stay for a while, and they're a lot better team than I think we than I thought. And uh, obviously they're off to a good start this year. And to go do it into Wrigley shows that that group is, so, I mean, they're a very strong unit. And uh, obviously that hurt for us, but yeah, it's, <laughs> especially yeah, for me seeing them do it, yeah. you know, I've always, I've always had a, something of a grudge against them ever since they got released, but <laughs> you know, but you know, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it's funny too, Brandon, as, as we let you go and we appreciate your time, we're talking uh, a ton about, you know, Theo mentioned it yesterday when uh, introducing Kimbrel that, you know, everything points toward October. This is obviously a team that's looking uh, towards the postseason, but but first you got to get there. So you, as as a pitcher and as a, as a, a player uh, there in that clubhouse, is the talk uh, the Brewers, the Cardinals? Is it hey, look at the Dodgers, you know, and the Phillies or whatever, or, or is it day to day? Who am I playing? Who do we have to prepare for? Or do we do we worry about big picture stuff? Maybe a little bit later in the season. Yeah, right now we're not worried about them. We're just definitely worried about because I think we realize after last year each game matters and you really can't look ahead too far you got to worry about today and I mean obviously I see the Dodgers are really good like you notice that stuff but Mm -hmm. you're not really worried about them because you know you will play them anyways at some point and then we'll measure up then but I think we realize we got to take care of business and worry about today I think you know getting Kimbrell this early even though the front office knows we got to you know we can't give many games away because that one game you just never know, man. Obviously, last year I wasn't there for a while, but I don't. There's one game might have been that you know we might have let they might have let slip, and you know obviously we had to pay for it. Brandon, in closing with you, uh, what have you picked up from Pedro Strope as far as your attire and the suits that you buy, <laughs> and uh, um, you know who who is the style master beyond beyond uh, Pedro on the Chicago Cubs? Man, I cannot keep up with Strope. I don't even know how he travels with all that stuff. <laughs> and he's got new outfits and new shoes for every day. <laughs> it's pretty impressive how you can put it together. He's got to have a stylist. There's no way he does it on his own. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and uh, do you ever? We have a John Lester dress up on on Sunday. I'm actually going to a cowboy store right now. I got to figure out what I'm going to wear. So. That's going to be interesting. That, that, that'll be fun. Uh, you know, John supplied the boots for the teams over the years uh, when they won. So you, you have that to look forward to. Uh, champ, you, you win a World Series and John buys the, the house uh, boots. So that that's always just, good, yeah. good to look forward to. We don't really wear cowboy boots in Vegas, but, you know, I'll put them in my <laughs> You mean 115 degrees <laughs> yeah. and boots don't work out together? No. Brandon, uh, yeah, we, we appreciate you. Appreciate your time, and uh, thanks for picking up the phone on a Saturday morning. Join us on Inside the Clubhouse. Appreciate it. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Me. Take care. Brandon Kinsler of the Cubs. Talking a little bit about the, that team and uh, the warrior mentality every bullpen has to develop.
Funny guy, great guy to talk to in that clubhouse. In the bottom of the hour, brought to you by Lakeside Bank. Shopping for a mortgage and maybe trusting hundreds of thousands of dollars to an online firm. Really? Use Lakeside Bank. Your own Lakeside Mortgage Banker will be with you every step of the way. When it comes to a mortgage, personal is best. Lakeside Bank, it's about time. 312-644-6767 is our number. If you'd like to react to what you just heard from Brandon Kinsler of the Chicago Cubs, please do so. A few more minutes, too, to get your Craig Kimbrell thoughts uh, on the Cubs' new eventual closer once he gets back up here. It's Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito, here for Spiegel today on Inside the Clubhouse on the Score. Final thoughts for us here on Inside the Clubhouse for the week. Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito here for Spiegel. And uh, we were getting getting the cogent thoughts of Mr. Steve Rosenblum. That's right. Join you as soon as we're done with Inside the Clubhouse for up until 2 o'clock. Then it's uh, Julie and Maggie take you to Cub Baseball and Zach Sademan's pregame show. Absolutely. Uh, Some early uh, pre-suckage suckage from Rosenblum uh, as he uh, stepped into the studio here. He gave us basically the whole show as he he was in here in like 30 seconds. He he ran it down. He's (laughs) ready. That's right. He's primed. He's like the leadoff hitter. He's ready to get in here and uh, get this game started. Uh, Some some cool stuff from Brandon Kinsler, uh, just dynamics of what goes on in that bullpen and in the clubhouse. Um, And uh, really, you know, the, the, the overwhelming takeaway I have from the whole Kimbrell signing in terms of how the players are viewing it is nobody's like, Oh, he's going to take my job or, Oh, I get knocked down a peg. It's like, no, we're, we're trying to win the world series. This is great. It is a much different dynamic when you get to teams that are very close to winning and are, are used to winning. And when you come into that clubhouse, you're, you're not expected to worry about your numbers. You're expected to worry about how you're going to help them. And, and that is, translated very quickly uh, in that that area where, you know, if you, you try to get players to talk about their individual accomplishments, the Cub Clubhouse or any long-time winning clubhouse is the wrong place to go mm-hmm. because they redirect you into we and what we're doing on the field and winning. And although people get tired of it and think it's a cliche, it's actually a huge part of what winning processes are all about. Right, right. If you had if you had a guy in that clubhouse, and I'm not going to pick anybody out specifically, or you know any players of your or whatever, but you know your your you know your prima donna, your your superstar diva, whatever. That's negative energy in the clubhouse. That right. that's the kind of stuff you don't want. As great as that person may be on the field, you don't necessarily want that around I, your, the rest of your. I teammates. mean, you could take their most fun and interesting superstar and Baez and say. Well, this guy's got great numbers. I bet he sits around looking at it all the time. And I'll tell you that that's not the case, that he is proud of those numbers, that he thinks it's cool he's putting up numbers, but that, number one, it's been hammered into him and he's learned in this organization and through those guys that he plays with that winning is the only thing that really matters. And although, again, it's a cliche, the best teams and the teams that win are the ones that really take that to the next level and believe in it. Absolutely. The music means that Zach Zayden, yep. Zach, no, Zach Withers wants me to get out of here. Yes. So we thank him for a job well done. Also thank James McCann of the White Sox, Brandon Kinsler of the Cubs for joining us in Inside the Clubhouse. Thank you, Mike. People Pleasure. can follow me on Twitter at, at MLB Bruce Levine and our website, 670thescore.com. I write Cubs and Sox. Every day. Have fun with Rosie. We will. Uh, Steve Rosenblum and I will have you for the next three hours, so stick around for that. Uh, I am on Twitter, too, at, at Espo670. we got a lot of fun stuff planned for you. Saturday Suckage is next here on The Score.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 